When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to the Green Street Hammers podcast for this year international break update part one. It is episode 38, as mentioned, and we have a three-man crew, myself, Adam, Jeremiah, and we have Lou back. Guys, how are we doing today? Uh, how is Colorado looking, Jeremiah? Do we're good today. The uh, the snow is coming for tomorrow, but today's good. Oh, that makes me cringe. Uh, it, was a, <laughs> it was a nice 17 degrees Celsius here today, sunny skies. Uh, Lewis, how is bloody old England? Uh, same as ever, really. Uh, cold, miserable. That sounds like uh, it's not helping. <laughs> it's not helping that the international break is, has started. Yeah, which makes it even more miserable. So that that really does stymie all the fun we were having. But uh, what kind of also rains on that parade is West Ham's recent performance against Crystal Palace, a eventual two-one loss to the Crosstown Eagles. Um, Lewis, we'll start with you. Uh, yeah. West Ham scored the one goal in this match. They were up 1-0. What to you was the biggest issue with how the Hammers performed? A lot of people are slagging them off for effort in this match and not really being up for it. But what did you pinpoint as the weakness for West Ham? I didn't personally see a problem with uh, in terms of lack of motivation or effort or that kind of thing. I think my main gripe was Palace defended very deep and we just didn't have the answers uh, to break those blocks of four down most of the time. And our build-up play was uh, pretty slow, bar two moments. One, (laughs) uh, where Noble split the defence in the first half and Yarmolenko Set up, set up uh, Allaire to. It was a bit of a sitter, let's be honest. Then, yeah. uh, obviously, the beautiful build up for the goal in the second half. But apart from those two moments, we never really got in behind them, which was the problem, really. Jeremiah, if you had to pinpoint West Ham's best player in this match, who would you put that crown on? That's tough. I think that's. Uh, I mean, you, you could go with the obvious, I think, of saying, like, maybe Rice. And Fredericks again, and you can make the argument that they've been the most consistently good players over the last couple of weeks. But I think Allaire played a pretty solid game. But like you said, Lewis, it, it, it was tough on the attack because they were playing back so far. And you even saw on Allaire's goal, you know, it took Fredericks coming down the right side and, and just getting a nice kind of uh, just sliding the ball in there last minute. And then Allaire did the rest. But it, it was really tough all, all around. It wasn't horrific, but kind of, uh, you know, it's going to sound crazy to say. But uh, Roberto actually had a pretty solid game, and it kind of got stymied by the way that it ended up. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy you brought that up. But for, first, Fredericks I thought was great. I would probably give him my man of the match for, for West Ham. And, and on that goal, there was a freeze frame going around Twitter today, and there was nine Palace players inside the box when Allaire <laughs> scored. So it makes sense that the ball had to nutmeg one defender and then also nutmeg the keeper to go in. So, uh, But that tends to be our, our game our game plan going forward here. 
Rice, on the other hand, he was, I guess he was all right in the midfield, but I gave him, I think, a 4 or 5 out of 10 on the player grades based off yeah, of him that. swinging his, his elbow, which is such a, a not a Rice move to make. He's usually the one who's boxing somebody out because he's positionally a step ahead, but that was a that was a, a dumb one, and not to mention to do it in front of Kuyate, who I'm pretty sure we could all agree doesn't have the most deft touch when it comes to being in the box or attacking play. Um, but, but yes, I, I, I guess Roberto, uh, he allowed two goals. You can't give him either one. One's a penalty, and one was a, a tap-in in front of the goal. Uh, a sitter, if you will, uh, as Lou brought up there, about the same distance from the goal Sebastian Allaire was at when he blasted it at Gaeta's hand. Uh, but our, our fears were pushed aside when it comes to our backup keeper having a solid match. He he really um, had a theatrical dive. But, uh, Lou, did you did you even think about it once the match was even on? Think about Roberto? Yeah. Not really. Uh, like... Like you say, he did have a solid match, but looking back, I can't really recall any saves that he had to make bar the uh, the theatrical dive that you mentioned. Um, Four shots on target for Palace in this one. Yeah, I can't really remember the other one. Uh, But (laughs) he, I mean, he obviously had a lot of... uh, not stick in the build-up, but there was a lot of uh, worry around him due to his previous performances uh, against Rochdale, obviously, where he didn't die for any of the goals, Oof. and he was a bit he was a bit shaky in the opening moments of the Bournemouth match. But that was to be expected. But uh, he's obviously not as bad as a lot of people are making out. I think people are more concerned about the fact that we've missing an amazing goalkeeper in Fabianski and the kind of taking it out on Roberto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a mental it's a mental like fear that that I have that you know someone's going to pass it back to him and it's going to pop over his foot and go in the net but he yeah. if anything he took a step in the right direction it's 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 funny when you say that when you let in half the shots you face that that's actually happening so I uh, I'm happy with the performance he put forward but as a team there was just a lack of uh, urgency when it comes to the attack. In the final third, I thought West Ham looked uh, very much not themselves. They were they're a team that's sort of supposed to take their chances, and this season we've been seeing them not taking their chances. The other match that comes to mind for me uh, is the Watford game. Sorry, the uh, Norwich game when it could have been five five nil, mm-hmm. and they just mm-hmm. couldn't get the ball in the back of the net. And when you win, it's it's great, but when you don't, it becomes a glaring issue. Uh, Jeremiah, is there anything that comes to mind here when you think about the game in general? Is it is it a setback? Is it just a blip on the radar? Are we on to Everton, as Bill Belichick would say, for the Patriots? <laughs> what, what can we take from this, or what should we leave behind from it? Yeah, I think it's just a bump in the road, and uh, I think you got to look on and, and look for what's next. I think, obviously... You saw a lot of players that were pretty upset. You know, Rice voiced his uh, how angry he was over that and, and disappointed and ready to move on. So hopefully the rest of the team kind of takes that uh, approach towards it. I'm, I think it's really just a bump in the road. It's going to happen. You know, it is the English Premier League, and, and the 20 teams that are in there are all fairly solid. You know, if you look at the whole list of the, of the EFL, how many teams are in that. You know, this is the top 20 out of it, and they're pretty solid, pretty solid squads all around. So I think that... Um, it's disappointing because of the way that the table's shaping out. But, you know, with that loss, I don't think that it 
necessarily ruins our season or it's not a lost season, so to speak. Lewis, do you, do you agree with that statement there? Yeah, I mean, losses are part of football, really, and they're part of West Ham's identity. So, <laughs> But um, you look at Crystal Palace's away form, I think that's 10 wins in the last 15 Premier League away games, which is not to be sniffed at, is it? No, not a I mean, bad record for um, the Palace team. No, it's not a bad record for anyone. Um, <laughs> but they've clearly got a very effective plan uh, that seems to be working in well by those statistics. In two thirds of the away games, they come out with a victory and it wields success, and it they just did the same to us. I mean, I didn't think. We 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 say we played poorly, and I think we did. But I don't think Palace were any better. They just got the strokes of luck that you need to win uh, tight encounters in the Premier League. Obviously, the handball we spoke about, and then the VAR decision that was an inch either way. Like it's just one of them. It's an actuality and a reality of <laughs> Premier League football these days, I suppose. But um... In a very Belichickian manner, we are on to Everton, but we will address that in a different episode. In this one here, we're sort of focused on what's happened and how we're going to fill our time when it comes to the international break. Um, We have a fair few players off on international break, but instead of talking about them, we're going to move on to uh, something that we usually end the episode with. And again, it is what we're ending this episode with, but it's going to be more so... uh, in the second part of the episode rather than the third. So um, we'll jump in here and guys, we have, uh, we're going to give ourselves 10 minutes of just hammering out these uh, hammers, pulls questions. Um, First and foremost though, there's one question that's on everyone's mind. Uh, Do you think that Colleen Rooney is right to accuse Rebecca Vardy? And do you think there's any way that they could repair that relationship? I think it's that. I'll let you go first. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I think it's all hilarious, really. I mean, Twitter's just blowing up over this, and uh, I'm just enjoying every minute of it, eating my popcorn. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone's the same, really. Just take back and uh, enjoy it while you can, while the <laughs> while the uh, beef is going on. If you ever, I, uh, my... sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go. On. I don't know if you remember the uh, Samir Nasri one from a few years ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the, dri- the Drip Doctors one where his uh, wife was t- tweeting on his account about how he had an affair with the doctor and everything. This is this is up there with that, I think, in terms of Twitter iconic moments. If you want something to do to fill some time, just find the original tweet with the screenshots and just scroll through those replies because, mm-hmm. I mean... Cancel Comedy Central. The best comedians in the world have gifts, and they're on Twitter right now on this on this <laughs> battle going back and forth. Um, before we jump into Hammers Pulls questions, we should touch on the signing at West Ham, and that signing is Aaron Cresswell to a two-year extension. Our left backs are sorted for the foreseeable future, so everyone can stop asking about, what about that guy? Are we going to sign this person? Are we investing in a new left back? Um, Jeremiah pre-show you brought up the fact that we can maybe invest in a youngster and let him come up in the academy loan him out blah 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 love that idea Uh, as for this I am not entirely sold on it I was all for Cresswell earning an international call up over uh, Danny Rose who's done nothing but um, yeah two games isn't worthy of two years of contract time 
Look at what we're dealing with with Winston Reed right now. I'm not sold on it. Jeremiah, what do you think? That's you know you asked us pre pre mat or pre episode and we both kind of were like uh, it it is what it is you know it, it's good to get it on there and now we do have two left backs not maybe world class left backs but uh, both of them have international experience both of them have Premier League experience um, if they're going to come around to it and they're going to start playing better and you've seen both of them play fairly well this year I think we can maybe move our attention like you were saying towards other positions and filling it out. And maybe why not bring in some kind of young left back? I don't really know who we have in the academy right now. That would be anything to really talk about at left back. But bring somebody in, let them grow up a bit, and then, you know, two years down the road, we kind of look at that. Lou, anything different on that? Are you happy? Are you a little bit head-scratching on the Crestwell extension? Yeah, it's funny that I was literally head-scratching as you, as you <laughs> said that. Um I'm scared I've got cameras in my room something that you can see or I've got my Skype video call I, I promise I, I turned off the cameras in your room for this call, no worries <laughs> I appreciate that now uh, it seems a bit reactionary doesn't it after two or three good games from Cresswell, I mean after, which was it the Norwich game I don't think anyone would have had Cresswell in that left-back spot for the rest of the season. But obviously Masuaku got his uh, red, red card against Villa and that is perhaps earned Cresswell a new contract. Uh, I think he's done well, but I would still have Masuaku in the long term. And I wouldn't have been too displeased with offloading Cresswell next summer um, like you say um, could bring in through uh, left back from the academy maybe Ben Johnson, I know he's a right back but he can play though, he did well uh, last season against Man City mm-hmm. and uh, have Masawaka in the squad still but you know what it, it is what it is again yeah it's uh it's curious to say the least. Yeah, reactionary I think is a good way to put it. But anyways, we will we'll jump into our hammers polls questions here. And again, we're gonna we're gonna bang these out as quick as we can. Um, Tony Cotty on Twitter asked a question, and it was retweeted by Hammers Poll. So we'll start with this one, and it's very relevant. So the question is: So VAR has been in full swing in the Premier League for exactly two months now. Overall, do you think it's improved match decisions? Yes, better decisions. No, not helping. Uh, Lou, give me your thoughts. Uh, every time you ask me about VAR, I'm just caught off guard because I never, <laughs> never know what to say. I have about 10 different opinions on they're all contrary to each other. <laughs> now, I would, I would say, I guess, that overall that uh, the officials, well, not the officials, but we are getting accurate decisions in the match now in terms of offsides. I mean, the one the other day, it was as close as you like, and uh, I think it was Son against Leicester, which was the same. But it's hard to argue with it, as it is technology. But in terms of, we've seen numerous like penalty calls and such this season, like uh, 
Haller on Norwich the other weekend, various others in the Premier League, that they are struggled to uh, even overturn because they're, all, they're not even looking at it because they don't want to overrule the referee and all the nonsense about obvious and obvious error and whatnot. I think it's... I think they they use it as and when. Right? If, if they're going to use it, they need to use it consistently or don't use it at all. Just you, they, They're kind of like hopping in between at the minute. Yeah, any anything yeah. anything different there for you, Jeremiah? No, it's pretty much the same for me. I think you know I've said it before, and, and the the kind of voice of reason with it is that like if they're going to use it, use it for everything. You know, you look at it, American football and, and other sports where they use you know reviews and challenges is you know they'll use it for everything. They're always watching to make sure that yeah you know, everything's being done right. And you know there was a, a shame that that happened at the end of the match, but it, you reverse that and and say it doesn't get called or something like that then it's it's it's, it was like you said it was it was one inch one way one inch the other and i mean it ended up being probably the right call and it just it is good to see it's just different i think it's going to just continue to take a while yeah my my only thought is um i think once the ego gets put aside from the referees to basically it's not showing each other up to if you're (sighs) changing a decision you're basically confirming Mm. Or, or like you know, getting the right decision. It, it, it's it's there's no there's no proving anyone wrong. It's just taking more time on a situation that actually has a match implication on it. So put you know we know you're all friends and you go to the pub afterwards and grab a beer, but like <laughs> that's okay. We just want that if, if the technology is there that it's going to be used correctly. And I think everyone would agree with that. We know it's here. We know it's going to stay. Just basically make sure you're using it right. Seventy-four uh, percent of people said it's not helping though. Um, <laughs> on to the next question here at Hammers Pulls. Which one of our injured players would have the biggest impact on the game we lost on Sunday and maybe even change the result? Lucas Fabianski, Mikel Antonio, Winston Reed, Zande Silva, Jeremiah, you go first. I think uh, for this match, because we said Roberto didn't do a terrible job and there wasn't a lot of shots on goal, I think it has to be Antonio. Um, as good as Jarmolenko has been, and he, you know, he had a play into that goal. He had a nice setup pass to Fredrickson and so on. Um, I thought he did solid, but, you know, we are missing Antonio, just this kind of craziness to go do literally anything. I mean, up and down the pitch, whether it's, you know, slide tackling somebody on defense and getting back up and running the other way. So I I do think that that is missed. And um, out of those options, I would go with him. Yeah, I'm in on Antonio too. I think uh, even if he gets in for 10 minutes, he's going to run the defense ragged for 10 minutes. So Mm. that's what I'd love to see. What do you think, Lou? Yeah, I concur with both of you there. I think what Antonio would have done if he was introduced to that match, he would have given Alair a bit of support and backup because all too often when the ball was played to Alair, he held it up, but he had no one to flick it onto or no one to pass it to. And I think Antonio would have given him uh, a level of support where not it wouldn't have been too up front, but he would have had a little partner there. I think we saw it briefly when um, Antonio came on uh, in the Watford match at Vicarage Road. Yep. And uh, they seemed to team up and uh, know where each other were and know he's 
know each other's strengths. So I think Antonio would have definitely offered us uh, something a little bit different. It, the team almost transformed into like a four triple two in the sense that Antonio stays committed more and yeah. Anderson roams a bit more. So he almost fills out more of a, a, a generalized attacking midfield role than a committed winger or wide player. I agree, mm. Antonio. Yeah, as I mentioned, fifty eight percent also agree with that. Fabianski thirty nine, Zande Silva with a two percent, and Winston Reed with one percent. So uh, who's voting for Winston Reed then? Yeah, I don't know who 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 would have who would have picked that out as the uh, the issue there. Or the uh, rather the uh, the Messiah to save us. Uh, all right, and another question here. We're going to go to. Uh, it's a recent Hammers Pulls video. You can check it out on their YouTube channel. I featured into it. Jeremiah, were you in this with this one as well? Uh, I didn't make this one. No, I've been kind of failing him on this. I'm going to get back to it. Uh, Ian runs all that over there. He does a great job. He runs the account here. Um, would Alaire benefit from a striker partner? Uh, Lou, jump on in. I think Allaire would on a personal level, but I'm not sure the team would uh, as a whole. Because I think to do that, we'd have to leave a man out of the uh, midfield three and then we're back to square one where we were at the beginning of last season when Pellegrini kept playing 4-4-2 where we were overly exposed. So we might potentially score more but I think we'd start conceding by the bucket load again Jeremiah yeah I think Lou you said it perfectly you know he, he probably would personally and to have somebody else up there and help him out especially with this hold up play you saw how he was at Frankfurt you know with uh oh, forgetting who he was with now but I mean the, the amount of assists he had Jovic. yes Jovic, he just played <clears throat> it perfectly um so he would but then yeah who do you take out and then does the midfield suffer from that? Because now there's less in there. Now, I will argue that the attacking hasn't been spectacular at times. So maybe there's a voice for that to maybe try it out. But like you said, then we're starting at square one. And then who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm the same deal with you guys there. Uh, would he benefit from one? Sure. Would he benefit from taking a midfielder out of the game? No. Uh, so therefore, I don't think he would in this West Ham sense of the sense of the understanding there um but guys we're gonna call it there we're gonna pull the shoot i forgot about the cresswell news and that put us <laughs> over the 20 minute mark uh lou and jeremiah thanks for hanging out for this quick and abbreviated episode appreciate you guys taking the time no problem it's been fun uh, of course man and i would like to direct the fans to our facebook page i don't know if you're gonna throw that in there or not we do have a facebook page um and check us out it was west ham fans united I believe. Am I saying that right? Yeah, of course. It's not just going to be as easy as Green Street Hammers. It is West Ham no. Fans United. <laughs> uh, we'll, we've linked to it. Check us out on Twitter. The links are there. We'll retweet it again. I'll do that right now, actually. Um, Perfect. But yeah, we're, we're sort of we're doing more of a generalized news feed there of, of the best stuff that we've found on, on Facebook and Twitter and everything to keep everyone up to date, um, which includes the old Aaron Cresswell signing. So uh, we are done here. We're off until next week where we'll come back and we'll preview that Everton match as the Hammers go north to Merseyside and to lose territory. Uh, you're up You're up north, right? Yeah, Everton is uh, my mum's side of the family. They all support Everton. And uh, my mum was born in Everton, actually. And I'll be going to that match. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. 
There you go. I'm sure you're happy that you're finally getting the one there this season too. So uh, until then, we will we will leave you with that and come on, you irons. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.